This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best of your sports talk for Friday, July the 19th. I'm your host, D.A., and this morning the NFL dropped a big bombshell. The Tyreek Hill wide receiver, Kansas City Chiefs, who has been under investigation for his role in the injury of his child, is not going to be suspended. Right now the NFL says he is allowed to attend training camp and work out with the Kansas City Chiefs. He will not be disciplined, but the NFL does reserve the right to revisit this if new facts emerge. Let's start from the football standpoint. Here's Josh Klingler on 610 Sports in Kansas City. Did the Chiefs play this situation the right way? The Chiefs played it right for the get-go, which was, hang on, let's see, let's pump the brakes. Let's see where the NFL goes on this. Because they already saw, of course, in the Kareem Hunt situation it doesn't really pay in terms of football to to do anything otherwise they i said that from the get-go like from an nf from a football perspective the chiefs had played the absolute right way to play it which was he's away from us now let's see where the investigation goes or we're not going to cut him then we were hearing like a half season suspension like eight games still could be eight games then it became four and the became two, and then it became, well, there might not be any. I was really surprised. I don't know about you, Ryan. I was really surprised it was none. I thought it'd be a worked out two. I mean, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not taking a victory lap on this by any means, but I, you know, I think it is important, especially in the NFL's case, because I think the precedent has been set that there really is no precedent. Mm-hmm. Like Roger Goodell seems to be very arbitrary with how he hands out, hands out punishment. And, and I, Again, I think that you need to wait until everything has been truly uh, exposed and, and put out into the into the ether before you make judgment. And I think that if you listen to what Therese had been saying for about a month now, there was growing optimism that there would be no suspension. And when Tyreek Hill met with NFL investigators for eight hours that day, Roger Goodell wasn't present. And as far as I know, Goodell wasn't present at any of. So the NFL has concluded its investigation said their primary concern was dealing with the well-being of the child in question. As Therese Paler told us, not a complete surprise. It was not any type of suspension, but you never know what the NFL and the personal conduct policy has a lot of latitude in it. This was an embarrassing situation for the league. It was a very newsworthy situation for the league. And if it's newsworthy in not a good way, there could have very well been a suspension. But they say he did not violate the league's personal conduct policy. He does have to comply 
with stipulations set forward by the courts, by the chiefs, by the commissioner, which include clinical evaluation and therapeutic intervention, according to the release from the NFL. We don't know if that's anything enhanced or different than it had been before. The courts, obviously, in dealing with child protective services, probably had some stipulations for him. The Chiefs have probably had stipulations for him. If he's smart and his attorneys are smart, when they made the presentation to the league, when the league investigators were here, I'm not saying offer extra stipulations, but here's what he's currently doing. X, Y, and Z had to be a part of that, I'm guessing, as well. Here's what he is doing to remedy the situation, to be a better person, all those things. Yeah, I think Josh is right. I mean, for the Kansas City Chiefs, they had to endure criticism from many who assumed he was guilty. But for the Chiefs, I think they were just waiting to see what the NFL said. And if the NFL came down hard and found out that it was definitely him who injured his child and he definitely committed violence against either his girlfriend, his son, or both, then that's when the Chiefs could act and they would have the evidence to act behind. But instead, they wanted to wait because this is essentially best-case scenario for them from a football standpoint. That he's not disciplined, he's not suspended, they're allowed to keep him on the roster, he's one of the most explosive players in football And they've got designs on a Super Bowl championship. So for the Chiefs, not doing anything was the right move. Now, this does not go away here because, of course, there's going to be scrutiny on Tyree Kill's every move. But also, as we mentioned before, the NFL is reserving the right to go back and look at this case and suspend him at a later date if new facts emerge. So here's Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network on how the NFL could look back on this situation at a later date with Dale and Keefe on WEEI in Boston. Now, they, they in the statement or one of the reports was that they are leaving this investigation open. So if they get more evidence that they they have the right to sort of maybe punish Tyreek Hill down the line. But that doesn't mean they are actively doing anything, right? That, that's, that, that sounds more like if... I don't know, let's say TMZ or somebody like that, we're able to present them with more, then they'll go back and look at it. Uh, yes. Or, I mean, basically this actually is kind of what they do in all things. Honestly, it's just sort of, Hey, if something else comes up, we'll change it. But right now, no discipline. Basically what they mean is there are things that are in the court files that are sealed that they were just not allowed to get. And so if something in one of those comes up and, you know, completely disproves what they concluded, they could go back and suspend them. But obviously that's not something, um, you know, clearly that's not something that uh, the NFL is actively investigating right now. We've seen the release from the Kansas City Chiefs. It's about what we'd expect. You know, we welcome him back. How do you think they feel about all of this? They have been behind him the entire time. And so it's been actually really interesting because, you know, my thought was either – the Chiefs are being lied to or they are being told the truth. And for a long time, you know, and I had heard that they were supporting him and believed him and he was really up front, but I just couldn't report it uh, because it would just seem ridiculous. You, you know what I mean? Like, 
it would either show that they're completely not believable or something else that we all thought was completely wrong. And it turned out that something else we all thought was completely wrong. The Chiefs have been behind him. Um, they had been talks about a big-time contract extension. Um, I would expect those to resume, you know, maybe when the season starts or something like that, a couple weeks, let this kind of marinate a little bit. Um, but they certainly are, are still behind their player. You know, essentially what the NFL did here is they said, we're going to we're gonna take a break here and we might get back to it. That it's confusing right now. It's uncertain right now who did what, who said what. And so from that standpoint, we'll just do nothing and we'll just wait. And they even cited the fact that facts have been sealed up legally from the courts and the judges and the lawyers And if those do become public, when those become public, the NFL says we can go back and make a different decision. So this is really just a bit of a stay on everything where the NFL doesn't have the information right now, but they are saying it could very well happen down the road. But from this standpoint, the NFL has suspended guys, disciplined guys, when they have not been found guilty in a court of law. They've done their own investigation and come to their own conclusion. So... Is this evidence of the NFL getting softer? here, Sean and RJ on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. I think they changed after Ray Rice and, and Adrian. Yeah, they got they got more harsh. Yeah. But now they've gone the other way. Right? They've gone I think they've gone the other way. With 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 with, with drugs, I right. think with substance yeah, but, abuse. Yeah, uh but there's you know, they didn't they decided not to suspend Zeke for this and like it even said any other run-ins, you know, could be problematic. I'll tell you, uh, I was I was surprised they had decided not to suspend him, um, but they found, like the court said, they found no evidence like that he broke the kid's arm or that he hit her. And I look, I'd rather the NFL go by what the courts say. I would much rather that because if the courts can't prove you did anything, that should be to me the ultimate test. Are you guilty? If you're not guilty. How can you be punished by your employer? Right. Because of that stupid article rule. That article. I I disagree with the NFL did with Zeke. He was found not guilty. He was not charged. How can your employer charge you for something the United States government doesn't believe you did? They can charge you with something that's not what they investigated. They said that Tyreek Hill is clear of the investigation into child abuse. That's why he's not being suspended. But as Mike Florio is pointing out on Pro Football Talk, and I agree with him, what about the personal conduct policy? There is a recording. There is audio. There is clear evidence in which Tyreek Hill says to his girlfriend, Crystal Espinal, quote, you need to be terrified of me too, bitch. Yeah. Now, that is personal conduct policy. Well, you have to determine whether that one line is worth a suspension. But if the, you didn't find other evidence that he, he he hurt the kid. Yeah, and as Mike Florio is pointing out in this Pro Football Talk uh, an article, is that they were too busy investigating the child abuse allegations to actually focus on, okay, what did his words mean and what does that mean to the personal conduct policy? I just don't understand. I don't, think, I don't think Roger Goodell knows. I really don't. Like, how can you have – how can you make decisions like this with different – Rules and standards and regulations and judgments. It shouldn't change. It's this isn't fl- rules aren't fluid. Last time I checked, like well, yeah. they're they're written down. Tell it the NCAA. It's not your yeah. It's not your gut feeling. Like why again? 
the 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 same level of evidence. What what is the difference in evidence that you had to punish Zeke and not Tyreek Hill when Zeke did not get punished by the judicial system either? Mm. I don't I don't I don't I don't get it. Uh, but the league, Roger Goodell, going to get lit up over this big time. There's going to be outrage. I think everyone expected like at least two, at yes. least two games, two to four. That's what I thought. It was going to be two to four. I'm and and you know what else? you you know what's going to blow people's heads off when the Kansas City Chiefs in the next two months give Tyreek Hill his extension. Yeah, remember there was talk he was going to be the highest paid wide out in football. You want to see people lose their minds? You think the Chiefs jersey's red? Yeah. Wait till you see people's faces if Tyreek gets his money because Kansas City Andy Reid he'll pay it. Oh, he doesn't care. They don't care. Right? He yeah he he doesn't care. Like he's they're trying to win football games. And I'm under the impression, the same thought process. If the guy is free by the courts, I am free to sign him and to play him. You know, that's the court I worry about. It's not the court of public opinion. Yeah, I think we've learned that the NFL just swings like a pendulum. And before Ray Rice, they were too soft. After Ray Rice, they probably became overly aggressive and very strong, and now maybe that's going back the other way. Perhaps Roger Goodell and the NFL powers that be are reading the room and realizing that culture and climate is not as hot as it was right after Ray Rice, and so they don't have to come down as hard. Maybe owners got into their ears and said it's unnecessary now. Who knows? But the NFL marches to the beat of its own drum when it wants to. It just reacts to the room, and right now I think they're just reacting to whatever they think the room is. Now, elsewhere in football, Michael Vick was one of the most dynamic players in NFL history at his peak. And now, of course, he's not playing, but it doesn't mean that as a great, gifted, natural athlete, he can't still show that ability. How good a golfer is Mike Vick in his post-playing career? Here he is with the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. Does Mike Vick shoot under 100 when he plays golf? Well, I shoot under 85 when I play golf. That's, you know, I won't say that's insulting because you don't know my game. But I don't. That's why I was asking. He's insulted. Like, I can come off the couch. I, 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 I can go two weeks without playing and come off the couch and shoot 81, 82. Uh, I just can't get into the 70s. I can't, I can't get into the 70s consistently because I don't practice enough and I definitely don't play enough. Uh, living down in South Florida is way too hot, so. Um, you know, I'm picking and choosing my spots when my game is, you know, my swing is intact and, and you know, I'm putting better. So that's why the score. Well, then you've played a lot. To be that good then in your life, you've spent a lot of time on a golf course then. And you've had instruction. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In 2011, during the lockout season, I was training and I was training hard. But uh, every time, you know, I would, you know, speak to one of my coaches, you know, ask what I was doing or where I was at. <laughs> you know, I was always on the golf course, and wow. Andy reacts. Andy reacts. We said you got to decide if you want to be a professional quarterback or a professional golfer. <laughs> I was golfing that much, yeah. so I mean, do you play you in know, those celebrity events, then, Mike? Like, I don't see. Yeah, him I've in never that, seen him in Tahoe. that Tahoe event or any of those. Why don't uh, you play in those? No, nah, you know what? I, from time to time, so I stay away from those those type of tournaments. But I'm trying to get my game up so I can play in one in the future. Yeah, we need well, to see. Sounds you like out you're there. on track. Um, hey, do you want to give us your thoughts on just a t- horrible story? I hate to end the interview on this note, but horrible story about Sweet Pea Whitaker. 
who was from uh, your neck of the woods uh, down there in Newport News, and um, you know he was hit by a car. I still haven't read the follow-up on the case. I don't know what happened with the guy. I don't know if it was a drunk driver or, or what happened, but you want to give us your thoughts on Sweet Pea? I mean, Sweet Pea was the guy that I idolized as a kid. I mean, you know, taking a step back, I'm a huge boxing fan. You you asked me about weight divisions, I know. You know, about weight, asked me about certain boxes, you know, past or present, I know. Um, Sweet Pea being from uh, Norfolk, Virginia, you know, 30 minutes from where I, where I grew up, uh, and him being a professional boxer, and boxing was something that I loved. And seeing the greatness that he produced, um, you know, just really made me gravitate towards him and like him, you know, more as a person, you know, especially once I got to know him than, than a boxer. And, uh, you know, I just ran into him two months ago, man. And, and it was just so good to see him um, and, you know, just give him a hug. And I'm glad that I got a chance to hug him for the last time. It's um, just saddened by what happened. And, um, you know, I, I think he lived a great life. I think he lived life the way he wanted to. And, uh, you know, he can he can uh, leave out with that. Yeah, I said I, that. that was my mistake. I said Newport News. It was Norfolk. He's from right. Norfolk. Right. Norfolk, right. yes. Yeah, hey, right. so, so I might have insulted you on golf, but since you mentioned being a boxing aficionado, <laughs> give me a very quick Thurman Pacquiao breakdown. What do you think happens this weekend? You know, this one is really tough. I mean, you got you got a legend uh, versus a guy who has the right mindset to be one of the best boxers, you know, in his era. And, uh, you know, I think it all starts with attitudes. And Keith Thurman packs a, a big punch. Um, for those who don't know boxing, if the guy hits you, he's going to hurt you. And I can't recall a guy that Pacquiao has been in the ring with that has the type of punching power and skill that Keith Thurman has. So, but we know Pacquiao got that left hand lead that'll that'll you know knock guys through ropes every time. So he got a punch. Pacquiao has a punch. Thurman has a punch. It's gonna be a good fight. It's all about who touches who the most. In eighty one or in eighty two? I mean, could you imagine being that great at sports, that great of an athlete that you don't even have to really practice, and you can sometimes crack into the seventies? and routinely shoot an 81 or an 82, shooting five or six under, he's saying, basically without breaking a sweat. Could you imagine? I mean, for the rest of us schleps, we're out there hacking away, hoping beyond hope that the putt goes in, hoping behind hope that we don't slice it into the grass. And instead, here's Mike Vick rolling out of bed and saying, well, yeah, I mean, I don't practice all the time, or else if I did, I could probably be on the PGA Tour. I mean, wow. That might be one of his greatest physical accomplishments ever. Forget what he did at VaTech or in the NFL. He just shoot an 81-82 without breaking a sweat these days. Now, speaking of sweat, this is going to be an absolutely brutal, stymieing weekend in the Northeast and on the East Coast. Temperatures in New York are expected to be in the 110s from a heat index standpoint. So this is a chance for those that hate the summer to gripe that we need cooler weather, we need football season, I want the fall. So if you had this deal, that football season could start tomorrow, but you'd have to punt on the rest of the summer, would you take the deal? Would you trade summer for football beginning? Here's Jamie and Stoney on 97.1 The Ticket in a city of Detroit that doesn't have a lot of sports to cheer about. The first 45 days were way tougher. But you made it through the All-Star break. Yeah, we've gotten – we're here now. Training camp's next week. I'm ready, and even though I get sick of preseason – 
football stuff. We had Harbaugh stuff yesterday. We've passed the hard part. It's only going to get easier from here. Oh, see, this is when I start jonesing the most, though. Um, and I do. I want it, but no way. I'm not giving up summer. It's the, just the good weather still, even though it's, this is You disgusting. still get great weather in September and October. No. It's even I got better weather. That's it's like 65 and sunny. I don't think many people would agree with you. I, I, I want to ask. Can I ask? Yeah. You already gave your answer. Jamie told me to, to, to I, I, I give you my rocks. answer off the air, but the listeners are dying to hear what I have to say about this. Oh, go ahead, Jamie. Sorry. No way. I love summer. So, I mean, I love the fall. Don't get me wrong. But part of what makes the fall the fall is that the summer is the summer. And the anticipation is definitely there. But, no, I am, uh, I am all in on the summer. I, will, I, will st- I want summer to last as long as possible. How many people, how many people do you think agree with you guys? I have no idea. I'd say 70%. 70% really? Yeah. Twitter poll? I don't know. I'm, I, I, how do you phrase it? I guess I'll leave it up to the, our Twitter editor to yes phrase it. Yes or no? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah. You have to if, I, if I tell you football season starts today, but you give up on the rest of the summer, would you do it? No. Nope. I say yes. Heather? No. <laughs> Heather doesn't even like football. Do you? There's our 75. Yeah. 75. All right. Rieger's question is the following. Would you give up the rest of summer for football season to start right now? It, I get it, kind of based on how football desperate you are. Because I am. Um, are you though? Isn't everybody like? Think about before before you go any further. Think about the great things about sports. It's all football right now. We get to find out if Harbaugh can actually win a big game. We get to find out how good the Lions are. We get to find out if Michigan State can rebound. These are all great things. And in a sports-starved city like Detroit, right. I would love for it all to start tonight. That would be amazing. I, I love I love our show during football season. I love the station during football season. I love watching TV during football season. I love it all. I, I also... New shows also come back. It's a great point. I know, but this is going to sound really... I'm going to sound totally counterintuitive here. Good. I like the summer without football. I like Saturdays and Sundays where it's like, what are you doing today? It's like, I don't know. What? I love watching football in the fall, but I also like Saturdays and Sundays in the summertime where you got nothing on your docket. You can, I don't know, hang out by the pool. You can, I love hanging out with the kid and the wife before football and then watching football. I do. I love that too. I love that too. I love on both. On a Saturday or Sunday. I love both. I don't necessarily love one more than the other. Oh, I love college more than pro Saturday. I love Saturdays more than Sundays. Oh, do you? Yeah, because Sundays you always kind of feel like, okay, Monday's right around gotta the corner. Work, yeah. Where Saturday is like the whole weekend. Right, right. fair enough. Oh, I could never punt on summer because punting on summer means we're back to that quick descent into miserable weather. And once we pass Labor Day, it's all downhill from there, knowing it'll never be as beautiful and you are just sliding down a mountain that you cannot stop. Now, maybe I'd feel differently if I lived in a warm weather climate. Perhaps if I lived at the beach 365, I wouldn't care about just punting on the summer and getting to football season. And don't get me wrong. I love football, I love the NFL, and I love college football being here. But, I mean, let's be perfectly honest. And fall weather is wonderful. But I'm going to say so long to another 40 days of summer just to get guys cracking around in pads coming up this weekend? No, of course not. No, I'm not doing that. Because then that means I've got to say hello to snowstorms and ice and miserable road conditions and freezing my butt off on my way to work so thanks but no thanks i love football but i'm not taking that deal and finally steve summers is a new york sports radio institution the schmooze though 
began his career as a college radio jockey in the Bay Area, going to Berkeley back in the 60s, the summers of love. And so I think on this Friday, heading into a summer weekend, we should hear the schmooze on WFA in New York, reminisce about his days in college on the swinging 60s of the Bay Area and a young Steve Summers just enjoying what young people do. I remember you telling me those stories about you. Uh, let's see, Cal Berkeley, nineteen sixty-eight. <laughs> yeah, well, what? Yeah, wearing a necktie. Exactly. Wearing a necktie going into the broadcasting, which is where the tax squad from uh, Governor <laughs> Reagan had all of his policemen, and so we couldn't take our broadcasting classes. And and uh, where our last caller was a hippie with the hemp, with the uh, and with the everything. Here I was wearing a thin black necktie, yeah, dressing, on, dressing up to go, yeah. looking better then than you I do now. You were on the air trying to start a revolution. I know <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Although, I, well, I listened to music a lot about that with the Beatles. That's right. I liked the Beatles. Yes. You, you were a... You were a disc jockey in those days, huh? A, a little bit, but I also, as a sportscaster, too. And, and again, the first job I ever had where I actually had to pay them was <laughs> with high school sports. So, nice. And I saw as a high school reporting as a teenager, seriously, for a top 40 radio station, uh, I saw Dan Fouts in high school. Um, and, yeah, Dan Fouts went to Lincoln High School in San Francisco where he was all city. What a surprise. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I can't think of Lincoln High School – had i can't think of his name and i can see um oh the uh, uh coach of uh, the packers with the super bowl oh who am i thinking of oh i can't th- i can't who who lombardi no 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 oh no uh oh all right i'll i'll think of it uh, maybe around two o'clock in the morning is when I start thinking. Thank God forbid I should think of it now when I'm on the air. It's all that hemp coming back to haunt you. Hemp? I didn't even know what it was, and I use mushrooms in a salad. And the and the caller was talking about I know from uh, from mushrooms when I was a hippie. What what, what were people doing? See, I I swear to you. And a roommate of mine was Ben Fontoris, as you know, who worked with Rolling Stone. Yes. He would know from hemp and mushrooms outside of a salad. What would you do with mushrooms? Did people eat them? Were they like drug laden? As I swear, I don't know. <clears throat> they made you see um, different colors. Let's put it that way. You ate a few of the special mushrooms, and yeah, you saw things a little bit differently. <clears throat> Bob, you're 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 you're, you're just you're sandbagging. Here. You <laughs> no, know, I'm that, not. Bo- uh, uh, Bob alluding to Lucy in the sky with diamonds. One eight seven seven three three seven six 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 six. Number to call. Let's get to that flash. New York's number one sports radio. One oh one nine FM. The fan and sports radio sixty six WFAN. Okay, uh, the name I couldn't think of was Mike Holmgren. And Holmgren and uh, Fouts were in high school at the same time. The fearless forecaster was born around 1965 when I was doing with high school sports on a top 40 radio station. And there were two golfers. And and, uh, listen, I didn't watch them play. That's for sure. 
But there were two golfers in high school about the same time, give or take a year or two, that I was. One, Ken Venturi, and the other, Johnny Miller. So they were, like, making noise with the high school with the golfing. All right, well, anyway, we'll get back to hemp and mushrooms, and I'm going to be using mushrooms later on. I already have my salad. I made it this morning. It's got white mushrooms in it, and they will be eaten, not smoked or inhaled. What? One eight seven. What kind of program is this already? It's a, you know what it is. It's a rainout program. Um, oh, listen to Peter. Peter getting frisky. I'm not going to read what you just wrote. That is just. That is awful what you just, Peter, on the other side of it's the It's the truth, Steve. <laughs> well, I've, it may be the truth, but I'm not saying the truth. I never let facts get in the way of a good story. Now you tell me, if that's not the best in sports talk, I don't know what is. Going down memory lane with a legend like the schmooze and taking you back 50 years to a different time. <sighs> now that's the essence of sports talk. That's the best in your sports talk for Friday, July the 19th. We'll see you on Monday, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 